This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. Welcome back, Gabe, for your part two. Thank you for having me back. You are welcome. I love that we showed up in our like snuggly long sleeves. We're both here. <laughs> I showed up no makeup, but I've got coffee. So we're going to make it happen. I got coffee too, because you know, we love off of coffee. I also thought that like, so I was making breakfast and I was trying to be really quick before we were recording and I cut bacon in the air with a serrated knife because I didn't want to like, you know, get pork on a surface and have to wash an extra dish, but then I sliced my finger so I could mutate while we do this, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, so I wanted to have you back for a part two because everybody that heard your part one was so connected with your story. And then you told me like, there's so much more that I could have said, but we only had one hour. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to just talk a little bit more. Do you have questions or you just want me to go? You know what? If you're comfortable just going, I'll let you loose. So when it came to the whole church situation and then right before they pretty much banned me from going to going to that church, during that most depression state, what people don't realize is because their Pentecostals deal with so many negative entities that it's not even funny. So of course, when they were doing the exorcisms on me, it was bringing up a lot of past traumas that I was dealing with at the same time, but they were never going away. So when the deep depression started kicking in is when the suicide actually started kicking in. And it got to the point where I literally would sit in bed and pray and be like, okay, God, when is it my turn to go home? Because I can't do this life anymore. And it got to the point where I had a whole suicide letter wrote out and I had everything, you know, planned out to the T the day, everything, when it was going to happen. And then something told me not to do it the day it was supposed to happen. And I continued to go to church just to see what was going to happen. But it just kept getting even more and more in the depressive state. And that's when I said, okay, enough's enough. I cannot keep doing this anymore. They want to keep me shut down in a box and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go do my own thing. Do you mind now, if I ask you questions about that, like, suicidal, like, mindset and, like, the timing and everything? No, go for it. So, first of all, I wanted to, to touch on what you said about the church working with negative energies and whatnot. So, what energies do you feel like they're working with? Do you feel like it's because they are purposefully, like, riling up and attracting, like, negative energy and, like, demonic things so they can prove points? Yep. That sucks. And then they, there was always like six or seven people who needed full deliverances, and they were, you could just see all the darkness going through the whole congregation. I'm like, 
did they do so this is this is a different type of like religion than I grew up in so I just have so many questions so when you're going through um like an exorcism or something like that do they do something so in witchcraft we do like we do a circle and I know that like we do that in mediumship too but um in witchcraft you do like a physical circle before you're going to be working with anything so nothing leaves your circle and nothing comes in and it's a way to protect yourself um and then you can get rid of whatever comes into your circle so in church do they do anything like that where they do some kind of protection or they're just out here pissing shit off and then do they cleanse afterwards to get rid of anything or are they pulling things out of people and letting it roam the halls they're pretty much pulling them out of people and letting them roam wow. because they never do a circle they do laying of hands and they start speaking in tongues and once the spirits end up getting casted out you just see them running rampant through the church and what's fucked up about that too is that if you do have you know a negative energy is going to feed on your lowest point and on fear on sadness and fear so if you're somebody who is already prone to depression and then you have all of these negative energies and then you have the church fucking with it and telling you that it's your fault i can only imagine the chaos and the reason that i wanted to specifically talk about the the suicidal part of things is because i'm always well not always but i've mentioned a few times on the podcast about the amount of suicides that there are due to religious trauma and due to people not being able to use their gifts. There's a lot of suicides with gifted people. And to me, I believe a lot of people who get, you know, admitted as criminally insane, who are probably mediums, who are probably psychics, who probably are just very sensitive to things and nobody helps them. Pretty much. Because when the church found out that I was doing psychic readings and mediumship, it was a big deal. They were like, that is the works of Satan if you read in the Bible. And I looked at them, I was like, well, doesn't it say in the Bible that all the gifts come from God? And they couldn't I, answer. They said, well, only certain ones do come from God. I was like, no. I was like, there is seven different brackets of giftings. Oh, sure. Break it down. So your first one's teacher, aka teacher dash um, pastor, which is teaching the gospel. Next step is evangelist, which is going to multiple churches and preaching and bringing souls to Christ. Then you go into prophecy. Then you go into um, being an elder within the church. Then you get into the other spiritual giftings, which is mediumship, being able to communicate with God and the spirits, but they stop right there at prophet. They will not talk about other giftings or anything. Their, your highest step is a prophet. And we talked about prophecy uh, versus mediumship last time that we talked we didn't dive into it too much but the prophecy the things that you were doing as a prophet you just had messages for people that were living that didn't have anything and from god and didn't have anything to do with loved ones that passed away but then as you started to start your gift started to evolve more into mediumship 
what was that process like for you? Like how, do you remember when you started getting different kinds of messages? Do you remember how it felt, what you were thinking yourself without outside influence? When I first started going back into mediumship, because it actually happened at church one night, because I looked at somebody, I was like, there's two people around you. And they were like, what do you mean? I was like, you have two souls, grandmother and a grandfather who are surrounding you. And they were like, how did you pick that up? I was like, and I just kept my mouth shut because we weren't allowed to talk about it. So I was like, I'm just going to leave you with that. And then I went back into the message that God gave me for them. And that's when they noticed that I was going up this, advancing upward, and they did not like that. They're like, it needs to be messages straight from God. You have to have our approval, and then we have to be there when you deliver the message. I was like, why do you guys have to be there when I deliver a message or I speak to somebody? I'm so curious because if somebody believes in God and they believe that you know, you're going to heaven or whatnot and that your soul is with God when you, when you die, I don't understand why they wouldn't be open to then the thought that God is sending these messages and God is sending these people forward to be able to connect with their loved ones. I, and that's not necessarily something you're going to be able to answer, but the fine line between, I guess it, it's whatever benefits the church, right? Because if you were bringing in buco dollars doing that for people, I bet you the church wouldn't have minded. Those are facts because Pentecostal churches, I will be straight honest. They're all about the money. And they've tried to enforce that you have to give 10% of your wages to the church. And I was like, over my dead body, you don't work for that money. I do. Is it Mormonism that way too? I, I feel like with Mormonism, you have to give a percentage of your yep. income. And Scientology kind of has that set up too, except Scientology is... God, I love Leah Remini and I watch so many documentaries about Scientology. It's fucking nuts. But um, in Scientology, they have you pay for like different courses and to elevate yourself. They don't necessarily have collection plates. So the way that like Mormonism and like Pentecostal churches, they're at least they're like straight up about their fuckery. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I've seen so much go on behind the scenes with the church I was going to, it was freaking crazy. And that's one of the reasons why I stopped because they were fondling the money. They were talking about how they were building a new church, still the same church. There's nothing added, nothing new. Wow. So, I'm so like, can you kind of explain to me, I don't necessarily understand all of the differences um, between the different branches of like Christianity. Can you tell me the difference between just like what you would consider just like your mainstream Christianity and then Pentecostal? Non-denominational would be your mainstream, especially okay. in this day of age. They don't believe in a single set of denomination. So you can go in there as a Pentecostal, you can go in there as just a regular Christian, all of that. The mainstream would be Pentecostal because it's been around for a freaking ever. So, and they say Pentecostal churches are the hardest churches. Even though they swear they're all love and everything else, they're really not. 
are some of the most judgmental condemnation people you could ever meet. And is this the more fear-based Christianity too? Mm -hmm. People are scared of Pentecostals. They call them holy rollers. Holy rollers? Yep. What is, what's the mindset in the fear tactics? Because there's a lot of fear tactics that even just talking with you for an hour that we talked before, there's a lot of things that were put on you um, to be fearful of. What's the root of that for them? Is it, is it that they are scared of the devil or is it that they're scared of all of the negative energies? Like, I, I guess I don't understand why there's so much fear for them and where that's rooted that they would be casting out people who do believe in God the way that they believe in God and just have different abilities. They're big. It's, they're not scared of any negative entities. They're scared of the repercussions of God himself. Like if they miss the mark, it's such a big deal with Pentecostals that they literally repent for a month straight over it. It's crazy. Like if I miss the mark, I'm like, I just say, sorry, I'll do better next time. And I go on, but they literally get the mindset that God's going to be mad at them and he's not going to let them do what God wants them to do anymore. And I was like, that never happens. God's not going to take away something. I just can't imagine always feeling like your God is going to smite you if you mm -hmm. make a mistake as a human being, especially with, you know, if you're going to be following the Bible and you're going to be preaching the Bible so much, there's so many things in the Bible where somebody did something wrong and they were forgiven for it. And, mm -hmm. you know, without having to be, you know, holy shit, repenting. I mean, Jesus is, you know, was with Mary Magdalene and whatnot. So it's so interesting to me to see people kind of use and twist the Bible in ways that are going to work for them and teaching the parables that are going to scare their congregation. If it just feels like a control tactic to me. And that's what religion always comes back to me with. And it's oh, it hard for me. <laughs> that's why I said on my live the other night, right before you started texting me, because I was still on live. And I was like, oh, Gemini Goddess texted me. I got to go, you guys. Bye. <laughs> but it's like I said, you don't have to sit in a pew at church to know God. You don't have to go to church every Sunday to have a relationship with God. Because the relationship with God in yourself is a personal relationship. You don't need the whole freaking congregation knowing about it. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, me and God argue all the time. Yeah. I mean, that sounds normal to me. And that sounds like a, like a normal relationship with like your higher power or whatnot. And you're always going to have pushback with like, I hear that you're leading me into that and I don't want to fucking do that, mm -hmm. but it's meant for me. So, okay. <laughs> I do the exact same thing all the time. I'm like, mm, I don't want to do that. And he's like, too bad, too sad. You're going to do it. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so after you went through this, um, this, I would call it kind of like a downward spiral, um, into, um, suicide and whatnot, which by the way, I'm very happy that you didn't follow through on that. So I just want to tell you that I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad I get to know you and I'm really grateful that you didn't follow through on that. Um, but what was your next step on your journey after you decided that you weren't going to? 
to spiritually find myself all over again. Because I was so brainwashed up here that I didn't even know who I was anymore. Like, was I for the church? Was I going to church? Was I preaching the gospel? Was I getting messages? Yeah, I was. But it got to the point where I lost myself in the whole process. I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know who the Gabe was that was his true authentic self. And that's when I was like, okay, I got to be done with this. And it's taken, it's taken me two years to finally relearn who I was. And I'm still learning who I am. Because it's, it's only like, two years ago, Gabe? Yeah. Wow. I didn't, I, I, the way that you are so confident with your gift and the way that you use it and the way that you are so open to speaking about it and to speaking about traumas, I would have thought that this happened a really long time ago. It started in my early twenties and it continued into my thirties. Wow. I also didn't know you were in your thirties. About 10 years. (laughs) You do not look like you're in your thirties. I had no idea. Yeah, I'm turning 33 next Friday. Holy shit. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Are you a Sagittarius or a Capricorn? I'm a Cappy. You're a Cappy. Love Capricorns. We can be feisty little things. <laughs> That's why I like you guys. Um, my sister-in-law is a Capricorn. And sometimes the way that she is in like high stress situations or like conversations with debate I'm just like oh okay like you guys are very uh you're very you're very good with your words and you're very good with being able to hold conversations but then the second that that conversation twists like I in my brain I get like kind of worked up myself but then Mm -hmm. you guys just seem like cool calm and collected and you're like let me tell you all the ways you can go fuck yourself and I'll say it real calm yep that's me (laughs) because I looked at one of my associates last night at work I was like they started complaining. I was like, and what did the store manager tell you your shift was tonight? And they were like, he didn't. I was like, I was like, so here's how this is going to go. I was like, you're leaving at eight o'clock. And I said to the, another session, Hey, can you stay to nine 15? And they were like, yeah. I was like, don't ever, if you don't feel like working or covering a shift, don't ever come in. Hey. I was like, just another time. If I'm MOD, you're in trouble. Where do you work? I work for a company called Weiss Markets Grocery Chain. Okay. So I'm the bakery manager, but on certain days of the week, I'm also the store manager. You're like, here's your cake. Also, your grandmother is standing right behind you. <laughs> I've done that. It happened two weeks I ago. Are you, so do you do that? Are you very open when you're in public and you are using your gift? Do you just walk up to people and say, do you mind if I give you a message? No, it just happens. Like, my store manager's daughter came in and I said, like, you're going to have another baby. And she goes, what? And I was like, you're going to have another baby in about two years. She's like, uh, yeah, she was like, um, she goes, but I have the Marina. I was like, girl, that doesn't stop it. No, you can't <laughs> just be out here telling people they're going to have babies. <laughs> People are going to faint in the bakery. I mean, have I gone out in public and, you know, spirit starts to connect with me? Oh, yeah. Because when I got my Moldavite stone that I finally got, mind you, the lady, I went into her shop and she said, I got a question. And I was like, yes. And she goes, 
do you read on animals? I was like, it just depends if they come through. Well, darn if I did not see the whole time I am picking out my Moldavite stone, did I not hear and see a dog walking behind her? And I'm like, okay, this is something new. And then her grandmother came through and I was like, okay. So as soon as I had the stone in possession, my head's just going, whoom, whoom, whoom. And I'm like, okay, we're about to go into a reading. And I looked at her and I was like, who had the heart issues or the lung issues? So I started going full force in a full blown mediumship reading. Didn't even realize it. And I told her what was going on and she's bawling her eyes out. I hate when they start crying because then I feel bad. <laughs> I feel the same way. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to make this situation any different. Do I stop? Do I keep going? Oh, I just kept on going because I know people are going to get emotional. So I gave her the message and then I came home and I was like, okay. And then it happened again that night. And I don't, now I don't even remember a single who I talked to, who I gave messages to. I'm like, well, that's the first, because I usually can remember who I give messages to. Okay, so you're doing, you're doing different kind of channeling, do you feel like? Do you feel like you're getting stronger and like out-of-body channeling? Mm-hmm. Because I ask my spirit guides now to take me up into the heavens. Instead of being in like right below heaven, I'm like, mm -hmm. take me full force up there. <laughs> I think that so, okay. I have two different things to say. So one, um, I was listening to Teresa Caputo. She has a podcast called Hey Spirit. And my son and I have always loved listening to it in the car together. And she was talking about how she was on Dr. Oz and they did a live brain scan on her while she was reading. And um, the way that she channels her brain flatlines. It looks like she's not alive anymore and that, that her brain doesn't have any function but she's sitting there talking and whatnot. Um, and that's not so channeling that way an out of body channel where like, you don't remember what you're reading or whatnot. That's not how everybody reads. And that's not like a super common way of reading. Mm -mm. Cause when I used to do readings, especially in mediumship one, I at least knew I was still in my body. <laughs> right. Now it's like, I feel like right before I get to go travel up there, I get goosebumps real fast. And then I feel my soul lift up. So my soul's going up there and then I'm channeling and it's just, it's weird how it's happening now. I have to say that that's something that I really loved about doing class and something that I've been missing since mm -hmm. we, we stopped class was just watching everybody and feeling everybody's energy in that circle as they tapped in with each other and did readings. And it's so cool how everybody connects with spirit in different ways. Like, and the way that everybody is going to, to see things and feel things and say things is so different. I think that you're one of my favorite people who I got read from in the class because you take your time to be descriptive about things. Uh -huh. And that's something that I really try to do in my readings. And so I really appreciate the time that you take to be like, hang on, let me understand this message differently. Let me understand this symbol. And you, with your clients and people that you read, I also notice that 
you don't just go like you, how do I explain this? I feel like you really take your time to explain everything that you're seeing instead of filtering through messages and filtering through messages is a pet peeve of mine. Um, or when people are like, well, I don't know what this could mean. I don't give a fuck if you know what it can mean. Can you tell me so that I can know, I can see if it means Mm -hmm. something to me? (laughs) Because I, the way I communicate with spirit, I was like, I need you to show me three factual pieces of evidence so I can connect fully with my client. Yeah. And that's when they give me their hair. But if they were young, if they're younger over there or older, they will give me what they used to do while they were alive. And sometimes they will give me how they died. And usually if I get how they died, then I know they struggled during death and they had some complications. Because trust me, everybody hates when a spirit gives you the way they died because you either get chest pains or lung pains or deep stomach pains and it freaking hurts. So I'm like, anytime that happens, I'm like, I was like, who had the heart who had a heart attack or who had something going on with their lungs because I cannot breathe or my heart and chest is hurting really bad. So I did a, um, I, I had, a my friend Jack passed away and I've, I've talked about it on the podcast. Um, he was a, he was a Bishop and I'm very close with him and his wife. And I did a mediumship reading, um, for his wife, um, a couple of weeks ago. It's been a few months since his passing and, he died unexpectedly of a heart attack or mm-hmm. heart complicate. I think it was a blockage, but something with the heart and, um, days leading up before the reading, before I was even tapping in, I was getting this pain down my arms and my leg. And to the point that I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then I realized I'm so, con- I've never connected with somebody who I knew in the physical world that passed away. Mm-hmm. And so that was a very new experience. And I wouldn't say that it was necessarily painful, but I would say that I would never recommend that somebody do a reading for and on somebody that they know um, without having like experience with doing readings. Cause it's such a different thing when you're, when you're physically feeling that and you were emotionally tied to them in the physical world too. Like spirit will sometimes let me read my close friends. Do I like doing it half the time? No, because if they're not willing to open up themselves and then spirits telling me their dirty little secrets, I'm like, do I need to tell these people what I'm seeing and picking up on? And that happened with the person I'm dating now. I went into a live and I was like, okay, let's talk about this, 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 and this. Didn't know any of that information. And I'm like, crap, it happened again. And they got emotional, but at the same time, you know, it's teaching people that it is okay to open up. Because no matter what, if you try to hide stuff, spirit's going to tell them, you point blank. They do it all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Like somebody can say, oh, no, I'm okay. I'm like, spirits? I'll be real honest with people when I'm like doing readings for them or whatnot. Like if I notice that something keeps on repeating itself and you don't really want to go there, I'll mm-hmm. pull I'll So I like to use different decks when I read. Actually, I want to show you this. I got this um, 
we did a gift exchange in on my Patreon with some of my uh, girls. Uh-huh. And I got gifted this, the metaphysical cannabis Oracle deck. <laughs> and the cards are like gorgeous. And I did a reading with these cards yesterday. The energy was so light and I don't even know how to explain it. It was just so different. The energy that I had with the reading was so different. And this particular person um, got a mediumship reading too. And so there was like a lot of emotions that were coming up and it was really cool to be able to pull out a different deck and be like, okay, well, I'm going to give the same message, but I'm going to use a deck that has um, a different energy to deliver that message a little bit more gentle. Because every deck, and this is something I don't think, I know that you read cards and I know that like, you know this, but um, I don't think that people know that every deck has a different energy. And just because the suits are the same in tarot, does not mean that it's going to have the same meaning when you pull out a dark deck versus like a very happy deck, you know? Like my two decks, my original two decks that I was using, all the energy in them went dead hauled. They wouldn't shuffle for me. They wouldn't fly out anymore. Nothing. So I was like, okay, guess they're done. So then I had to go buy two new decks. So the two new decks that I have is the Archangel Animal Oracle card. And then the Raven's Prophecy Tarot. The Raven's Prophecy? Mm -hmm. This is what it looks like. Looks like a National Geographic magazine. (laughs) Doesn't it? It is, but these cards have, like, shuffling them, playing with them, total different energy. Because my other deck was real hard to shuffle at some points and I'm like okay this one's light as a feather and it just goes I gotta show you this so this is the delusion tarot the same person gifted me this so that's the box and it came with incense and a stone which I just think is like the cutest packaging ever okay so this is the back of these cards oh I like this and they're small like they're like actual like card size but then the just like, okay, so this is the high priestess. Just the the colors the are gorgeous. The sides are gold. Yeah, like literally this is the four of pentacles. Just the artwork is incredible, but they're so easy to shuffle. And the cards, even when you're holding them, the cards feel cold. Like they mm-hmm. don't feel like they absorb energy, which I love. Mm-hmm. Like that's the same with my Raven's Prophecy. They do not absorb energy so no matter what i can clear the deck still shuffles easily yeah my other ones they would obtain the energy and i'm like knocking on them not going anywhere i was like okay yeah i have a deck um it was my very first deck that was gifted to me it's my dark tarot deck and that was my that was my ride or die go-to for a very long time and then now that i've kind of started dabbling in other decks and other energy i'm like Oh, I don't necessarily like tapping in with like dark mm-hmm. gothic energy every time I do a reading. Like I, I like being able to switch it up per client. Now, usually if I go to do a tarot reading and spirits already talking, saying, no, you're going to do a mediumship. I'm like, I'm going to at least pull cards. And they're like, no. So you like, if you see me on live and I get ready to shuffle and you see me go like this real quick, <laughs> I'm not using the cards and I would just 
put them back together and be like, sorry, you're not getting cards tonight. I have to connect. See, I, um, I like when people book the mediumship with the tarot reading because mm -hmm. I find that a lot of people come in really nervous. I, with the podcast and stuff, I tend to attract a lot of people who have, who are like brand new and they've never had any kind of reading or anything. And a lot of times people can just be like scared. And for me tapping in with energy, it's really hard for me to purposefully connect with somebody that I can tell is nervous to connect. Like it, it makes a, a gap for me and my gift. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll start shuffling some cards and I'll start laying some things out so that they can understand, like, this is all in your highest sense of good. Like, I'm not over here trying to like drag your uncle B up from hell so that he can tell you, you know, that he fucking hated you in the life. Because <laughs> <clears throat> people are nervous of that. Like when it comes to mediumship, I, and I don't know if it has to do because of like religious bases, like what you went through or just because there's, you know, people just are nervous and don't understand, but most people go into things with, with fear or like with a very nervous energy. And usually I can pick up on that. As soon as I get a client on a zoom call, I'm like, there's nothing to be nervous about. I was like, I'm going to throw my disclaimer out there right now. I was like, I give messages of love, hope, and faith. I was like, I'm not here to bring any of the dark side of things in, it's all going to be of light. And usually they're like, well, this is my first time doing a reading. I don't know what's going to happen. So then I just start pulling cards. I was like, let's see where you're at right now and where you're going in the future. Yeah. That way. So they have a sense of mind that I'm not going to go to the past to, you know, be like, okay, so you went through this, 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 this way before you got to this point. Because yeah. it's just sometimes too much for a client to pick up on. Like my one client wanted a love reading. And I looked at him and I was like, I can tell you now, your partner is not ready yet. I was like, but I will pull cards. And I said, it's coming, but it's going to be a couple months to a year. Because that's what the cards were telling me. And that's what spirit told me. Three months later, they're in a relationship. I was like, okay, I was right. My love readings always are self-love readings. Like I'm never, I feel like I'm never going to read somebody and be like, is Billy Bob the one for you? Um, because yeah, I don't think that. <laughs> I just, there are people like, um, my friend Paige does like soul tie readings and stuff like that for people where she like taps in on that connection that you have. And like, that is like a specialty that she has. And I think that that's cool. I could never, because I just, for me, I'm always like, and this is my own mindset. I just think if you're coming to me and you need me to tell you if your relationship is going to work out, you don't think your relationship is going to work out and you're wanting some higher power to tell you that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and that could be a lack of, that could be a lack of education on my end about those types of readings. Because like I said, I have a friend who like, that is what, that is her specialty is like these soul tie things. I don't have patience for people's soul ties and their relationships. <laughs> now, can I distinguish if it is a soulmate or a strong soul connection? I can. Do I turn, do I want to tap into that soul connection to find out what is going on? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, 
I guess same. I had a client yesterday who was asking me about her relationship and I was able to pull cards and be like, okay, well, these are the things that you guys could work on. And I guess that would be considered a love reading. Mm-hmm. I just like think of, when I hear love readings, I always associate it with the like, is this my forever person? Are we always going to be together? Can you make me a spell that's going to make them love me? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. Mind you, have people <laughs> cast love spells on me? Oh, yeah. You get love spells casted on you? It was two females, and I finally looked at them and was like, listen, it's not going to happen. You're like, I am, I am gay, and what you have to offer does not entice me. That's what I said. Well, I said it my language. I was like, I'm strictly gay. <laughs> I was, that's so funny. Cause I was going to say, I, I, I PC'd myself. Cause I was going to say, I'm all about the dick, but then I didn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> I'm so happy that I got to have you back on here and we get to talk a little bit more. Um, I, I walked away from our last time just being like damn I just want to have more small chat with you and like go Mm -hmm. back and forth as opposed to like being raw and deep in your story (laughs) now I will tell you though along the lines when the depression and the suicide kicked in also came drinking and drug use and this is very popular in what drugs were you doing I was snorting Percocet 30s or any type of Percocet Vicodin smoking medical grade marijuana, drinking seven days a week, went through the alcoholic phase, everything. Like my, you when know, I started, I'm snorting pills and smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to the harder substances because there's no way I could do that. But you it's get to the point where you have to somehow numb the pain and that's where the alcohol and the drugs was coming in. And then I woke up one day and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. So that was it. You just woke up and decided you weren't going to do it and you were just done cold turkey. Yep. Did I go through withdrawals? Sure did. Oh, so you did it long enough that you had an addiction to it? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I never ended up in jail. I was conscious enough to know when to do it and when not to do it. So usually it would nighttime was always the hardest time for me so it would be nighttime right before I would go to sleep I would just either or smoke marijuana I smoke marijuana before bed but I do not have a drug problem that I know of (laughs) mine was to the point was I was using the medical marijuana for PTSD and high functioning anxiety and then I finally remembered my coping skills on how to control the depression part and the anxiety part. I just had problems with the post-traumatic stress disorder. And then once I started opening up about my story is when the anxiety stopped, the depression stopped, and the PTSD stopped. So it took my first episode of the podcast to click in my brain that you are now telling your story, which is now releasing everything that you have gone through that is no longer going to be a part of who you are moving forward it's amazing how a podcast is therapeutic huh mm-hmm. like I was totally shocked because it was like the day of the first episode I was like 
I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to fuck it all up. I'm not going to know what to say. Like every negative thought that could possibly come to my mind came to mind. <clears throat> and I was nervous the whole damn time, even though I acted like I wasn't internally. I was like, <laughs> I could, I could feel how anxious you were. Mm -hmm. And then shortly after that, it was like, I flipped out for that reason. It was just telling my story. And like, when we said, we're going to do episode two, I was like, all excited, gung-ho, let's do it. And like, the boyfriend said, are you even nervous for tomorrow? I was like, no. I was like, me and Gemini have a good connection, okay? We got this under control. We got this under control. Yeah, I think that I, I, one of the things that I get the most when I'm going to interview somebody is that they tell me how nervous they are. And I'm like, this is such a judgment-free zone where like half the time I'm not even wearing real pants. And I just want to like, I literally have a blanket on. Like, I just want everybody to be super relaxed to come here and just like share their story and the parts that they're comfortable with. And that's why I don't do scripts. Like I don't send you questions beforehand and say, you know, can you tell me about this so we can talk about it? I trust that spirit's going to have you speak on the things that are going to be on your comfort level to speak about from your story. But then also I trust that spirit has us talk about things that are going to be helpful for the people listening and will be therapeutic for you, which is what happened. You had, you know, it was therapeutic for you to be sharing your story. And I noticed that after you were on the podcast, all of a sudden you're making all of these videos about your history and about your story that you hadn't done before. And mm -hmm. so it's like certain songs will resonate with the story. And I'm like, and when you do edit the one, I was not expecting you to do edit. And then all of a sudden it says, Gemini goddess is like, okay, it's, it's getting around. And a lot of people are getting now, like keep telling your story because you don't realize how many people you're helping right now, especially in the gay community, because I grew up, my grandma, who's crossed over, she knew because she asked me one day, she goes, are you sure you're not gay? And I was like, grandma. I was like, no, I'm not. And this is before I even really zoned in on it. She goes, I will still love you if you are. The only person who had an issue with it was my dad. But Your dad? Now he, yeah, but now he's okay with it. Like he's learned to accept it. And a lot of people, like I seen a video on TikTok two days ago. And I watched the beginning and I was going to stitch the video because it was a very strict religious mom telling her son that she didn't have a son because he was gay. But then luckily I watched the rest of the video through and her son committed suicide because he didn't have his parents' love and other people's love. He literally jumped off a bridge and got hit by 18-wheeler. And... She went to a church meeting with surrounding churches and went in there advocating for the LGBT. And once I watched the whole video, I was like, now this is what we need more of in the world because we don't have it now. Like they go back and forth, back and forth. Oh, gays are pedophiles or this or this we get called anything and everything under the sun and once I watched that video I was like okay this is going to be the video that is going to be a breakthrough for 
religion who has issues with gay people. And I'm still going to do edit because I have it saved. I just don't know when I'm going to do edit. So this is what, you know, after doing my first episode with you, it's now becoming a real realization that I am now going to be a spokesperson for somebody who is a Christian and gay more now than I ever was. Yeah, now because you're I've had a lot of more. I've had a lot of DMs, especially after the podcast. People I didn't even think watched Coven of Rejects. And they said, we listened to your podcast and we go through we went through the same thing and we are so proud that you got through it. And now that you are speaking about it, it's helping a lot more people. Fuck yeah. Like I like when Noel called me, I think it was like two, three weeks ago before he put Danny on. And she goes, okay, there's another one who came to me. Gay, was a Christian, same similar background, drugs, alcohol, blah, blah, blah. I was like, because I'm, I'm at work at this time and Noel knew I was at work. So she left me like, almost a two-minute freaking voicemail. I mail. fucking love her voicemail. So then you get a text saying, I just left you the longest voicemail. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Danny, when I went into, um, it was either Noelle's live or somebody else's that was from the class. And I said, hey, Danny, because I was already following Danny before I even started following Noelle. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, I've known Danny for quite some time, but we didn't, like, talk, talk. And it was, he's, like, in the chat, he goes, so you're the Gabe that I've been hearing about. I'm like, yeah, that would be me. He goes, great podcast. He says, I'm going to be on the podcast, too. And I was like, that's great news. I will listen to yours. And I did. And I, I went on live the other night, and I said, so... If you haven't heard Danny's podcast or my podcast yet, I was like, you all need to go check them out. I was like, because we both come from the similar backgrounds. I was like, but Noelle, this is one thing you don't know because Noelle was in life. I was like, when I say me and Danny are very similar, I was like, drugs, alcohol, suicide. I was like, the only difference is I didn't go to jail. <laughs> I, so I made the joke to Noelle that she's collecting all the gays for me and that season three mm-hmm. is going to be um, just all the gays. And that I'm here for it. Um, I noticed the similarities in your guys' story when I talked to Danny. Um, but I, I guess the suicide part of your story didn't stick out as much in my mind as the way that you were. I didn't think about the effects necessarily on your mental health as much as I thought about the things that were done to you in the church, like the difference between you being, you know, loved and respected as a prophet and then expanding on your gift and being shunned for it. That stuck out really, really deeply in my mind. And that's something like I put that in the description. That's something that I've talked about when I make videos about the episode. Um, because I just, you're doing things in your highest sense of right and in the highest sense of helping people around you and you're getting villainized for it. And that stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Does the territory with suicide and depression come from that? Yes. Yeah. But that's, 
my main point of the story was stating that it's okay to be Christian, gay, with the abilities. That was the main point, because a lot of people in a lot of psychic mediums, if you look, are gay men, if they are male. And it's to the point where they don't know if it's okay to do anything. And I, the last two weeks, it's been nothing but, I'm gay, but I also see things too. I was like, okay. So now I'm getting to say you need to go to Covenant Rejects, listen to my podcast, and listen to Danny's podcast. I was like, because we, me and him both explain that it's very okay to be a Christian, gay, and gifted. Yeah. I was like, there's no set stone that you have to strictly follow religion. I was like, because religion's man-made. And a lot of people end up going to the podcast because they ask me what the titles are. And so I, then I give them the titles. I, well, one, I love that. Thank you for referring people to, to listen to your story and, and liking the way that your story was published and shared and respected so that you want other people to listen to it. But also I love that it's brought people into, I guess it's brought you in to casting your net a little bit wider and collecting people that are more like you and that need Mm -hmm. your advice and your help with things. But I also refer them to you because I've listened to eight of the podcasts so far and I was like, there's some damn good podcasts on there. So I tell them, like, you really need to go listen to Covenant of Rejects. They were like, why? And I was like, because this is what it's all about. I was like, Gemini Goddess brings in people that have all different types of backgrounds, but they also have abilities or they're practicing in witchcraft. They're doing whatever they feel they're led to do. I was like, you don't understand how much of an eye opener it is that there is more people than what you think with these abilities. I was like, that, and I was like, download Covenant Rejects on Spotify. Because I added Covenant Rejects to my Spotify. So anytime you post a new episode, it says Covenant Rejects, I was like, oh, boom. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm pushing Covenant of Rejects out because of the content that you are putting on there because it's helping so many people. Thank you. Seriously, thank you. That it, that's my that's my whole goal with things. And it's I'm so grateful because when I started the podcast, I had no idea the way that it was going to like change and impact my life. Like I didn't know that I was going to be mentoring people on spirituality and showing them how they can integrate, you know, their belief system and believe in God and doing these other things and researching their gifts and get, you know, like there's just so much that I never anticipated was going to be able to happen by doing the podcast and the people that I'm able to meet, because there are so many people that have that are gifted in so many different ways. And we're all kind of put in the same category with things, but there are people who do their gift in so many different ways. I just think it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like me and the boyfriend's been talking and I was like, you know, part of me wants to start a podcast. Part of me doesn't. And he goes, you will be starting a podcast because he has abilities too. I was going to so tell he, you that you were going to start a podcast. Oh, thanks Gemini. <laughs> but And I'm going to actually steal the title of my episode for my podcast. 
Christian gay and gifted? Yep. Fuck yeah, you are. Um, I'll tell you. But I want to put you, I want to put you on it. I would love it. Um, I, I already am said gonna, gonna be the first one. I can't wait. You got to do it. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you all the advice for starting the podcast. I'll give mm-hmm. you all of my advice for marketing the podcast and all the things. Yeah, because I've been thinking about it and Spirit said, no, you're going to be starting your own too. And I was like, where in the hell am I going to have time to be mm-hmm. doing all this? You are, and you'll find the time and other things, other things will fall away so that you can do the podcast. Because I want, I'm going to put you on it. I'm putting Noelle on it because Noelle has a deep, deeper story that she just hasn't told yet. I've been oh, I know she reading, does. I've been reading Noelle, trust and believe. I'm like. When she's live, I'm like, Noelle, why aren't you telling us? Don't make me call upon your mother today. <laughs> That's so funny because she called me last night and we were talking. And anytime that you give her a reading, she's like, and he just gave me the best reading. And so she was telling me about how her mother came through and you were pulling up different conversations that they'd had and things like that. And I just think it's, uh, yeah, that I love all of it. That Because she called me the next day because I she didn't tell me what was going on yet. And she usually won't tell me right away. So she usually comes in first and then gets a reading. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, I said, the judgment card came, the justice card, and then the full card. I was like, wait a minute. And then Noelle's mom's right here going, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I need you to hold on. <laughs> so then I'm reading the cards and I was like, Noelle, there's two females that are stealing your identity. Just like that. And they are. And she goes, she called me the next day. She goes, okay, let's, let me validate your reading, even though I know you don't need your validation. I was like, no, I really don't need my validation. So she told me what was going on. I said, well, your mother was, I was like, she was on another level that night. And she goes, and I was like, no, I don't even remember what I said from your mom. She goes, you're not supposed to. Yeah. Because usually I can read bits, remember bits and pieces, and it's like, nope, it's gone. But it, it. she said, she said I went in so in depth with connecting with her mom that she was like totally shocked because you've seen how I've done readings before, especially in the class. I just give the direct facts, and then I'm like this, and I'm like taking my time with Noelle's mom, and I was like, and I would pause for a couple of seconds, and then I'd be like. And I was like, no, Noelle, this is, this is, I was like, you've been arguing with her today. And she goes, well, that's nothing new. <laughs> but I've noticed me channeling and me actually communicating with spirit, it's getting a lot different, especially since mediumship one, especially since I got the motorbike stone. It's like to- everything has done. Are a you pre- wearing your motorbike right now? Can you show me? Mm-hmm. I wrote down Moldavite because when you asked me last time, what are your thoughts on it? I was like, oh, I don't have a thought on it, but now I feel like maybe I need one. It's for rapid transformation, but you have to set the intention because if you Google search the stone, they call it the cursed stone. Grand. But it's not. It's the how people put in their um, intentions with the stone. So this is the stone itself. Okay, looks like a rock. 
Yeah, it's like a rock, but it comes from the ash. It's an asteroid, and it's glass. It's not an actual stone. It's real glass. I love it. So you can see where the little indents are. Yep. Wow. So a piece this big, anywhere from seventy-five to eighty dollars. Wow. A bigger chunk is no lie, anywhere from three hundred and up. Holy shit! It's one of the rarest stones to find. But you have to put two other little stones in it, like quartz, to mellow out the full vibrations of this because it will make you sick. Like I've had a headache for two I've days. I've heard that actually. Nauseous for two days. And everybody's like, Are you okay? Because you're paler than a ghost. I was like, It's the stone. Fuck. Well, my friend, is there anything that you that you wanted to say before we go is there anything that we didn't touch on just remain your true authentic self and don't let anybody change who you are and do what you believe is the right thing to do yes we stand firm on that message mm -hmm. well thank you so much for doing a part two with me thank you for everything that you've done since you were on there and for collecting the people that you're collecting and helping them and sharing your story um i'm actually going to drop your episode tomorrow morning so send me a new photo of yourself that we can put with this episode and i'm going to drop this episode first thing in the morning so everybody starts the lord's day hearing your voice <laughs> sounds good all right have a wonderful day you too. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.